Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 29, feeling fine all the time. That only kind of rhymed, but hey, it rhymed. And your rhyming <laughs> hosts for the day are Chris and... Not so rhymely, Savannah. Fair enough, because, yeah, I was the only one ripping rhymes at that point. Like a certain <laughs> other musician we've done on this show before. <laughs> Ten episodes these, later. These callbacks are really getting on my fucking nerves now. I can't wait to keep doing it for episodes to come. Uh, uh, you know what? Bleep, bleep the F word. It was uh, it was too soon into this YouTube Oh, video. yeah, we can't do the one-minute thing. Oh, that sucks. Anyways, we're probably past it by now, so that's good. Fuck Just, that. Do, do do like a uh Let's put a honking what, sound what like a it? clown noise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or like a bird honk. Regardless, yes, this is the Write the Record podcast, episode 29. Thank you very much for being a part of this episode today. We're always glad to have you here. So make sure if you do like what you see today, like, subscribe, comment, rate, share, follow. All those uh-huh. cool things really help build the hey. musical community that we are surely trying to build brick by brick by brick by brick. And we want uh-huh. you to be one of those bricks or at least help lay the foundation for it. Exactly, and we just slather you with mortar. Exactly as well. (laughs) But also, too, aside from doing all that kind of stuff, you can always support us on Ko-fi. Don't forget that. Ko-fi.com slash rate the record. Completely optional, but it is financial. So if you want to take that extra step forward, it's always there for you. And like you say, every week, this will still be free. You can always come to YouTube, listen to us on your streaming platforms and listen to our glorious voices and see our wonderful faces. Exactly. The extreme vast, 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 vast majority of the content will remain free. Only new things in the future might be exclusive, but everything else free. Yes. Just like our OnlyFans. You'll have to pay for that, too. But anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> see, now we got to bring back that joke, too. It's been it's been too long. Oh, yeah. That one I'm on board with, for sure. That's intriguing. But anyways, if you are brand new to this podcast, well, welcome to the podcast. What an episode to join us for. We're happy to see new faces in the crowd. We hope you enjoy your stay here. Uh, But if you're returning to the podcast, also welcome back. Also still glad to have you here, regardless of where you are in that lineup. Uh, Maybe you do or don't know what we do here on the podcast, but each week Savannah and I will choose an album, be it completely at random, special anniversary, milestone type album, or even listeners request, which we've been doing more of lately, and we have one coming next week as well so stay tuned Hell for that yeah. regardless we take an album we discuss it at length we rank the songs and then we rate the record press <laughs> applause button I was, I was hoping <laughs> to make all, that all you, all you hear is the neon sign noise I was going to say I, I, want the, I want that one distant cough at like the back of the studio type <laughs> thing <laughs> The, the cough just to make everyone else feel uncomfortable. There's like, oh, we were supposed to clap, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, episode 29 this week. I chose the album. It's actually been a little while since I, I think the last time I did was Saul Williams, and we've had a handful of episodes since then. So hey, I'm yeah. back, I think. Yay! And this week, you've already seen the title of the episode by clicking on it or whatever you did, tap it, listen to it, whatever. It's Primus with their 1991 album, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, which I'm holding vinyl in my hand for you audio listeners here's the asthma i really wanted to hold up a brick of cheese but i felt uh i don't know even in context it's still out of context i i mean it's still i would consider in context enough if you put like a little uh paper sailboat on the top of it i'd be like i totally get what you're going for 
But yeah. Ah, next time. But yes, this is their uh, second album. It's their st- uh, major label debut, though, technically. So, hey, oh. what uh, what an album to start out on. So I'm going to go ahead and just put this in the background, despite the fact that most people still won't be able to see it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least if you watch from the beginning, you know it's there. But before we talk too much about this album, there is a disclaimer we like to read at first to make sure that we're all cool with things on the same page, not being assholes. And if you even have differing opinions or whatever, we can still have a good civil conversation about this. So what is the disclaimer? (laughs) The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss and rate the record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. (laughs) Wrong hand because I made myself laugh doing some stupid shit. I'm just really proud of myself that Here I didn't go. fumble. It's it's, it's it kind of reminds me of the uh, the quick talking disclaimer at the end of a child's toy commercial. Yeah, except uh, I don't think I can ever get words out that fast that clearly. <laughs> so yeah, I would love every week. I'm gonna try. But also th- uh, this far into the podcast, like even if you don't have it memorized, you at least have like the flow of it down. Yeah. Fun fact: I've I've been waiting to do this episode. It's been pushed back twice. And I was like, I'm not pushing it a third time, so it's <laughs> locked on episode 29. Lay down the law. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about Primus, if you don't know about them by chance, and of course the album Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Primus is a three-piece funk and alternative metal band originally formed in 1984 out of El Sobrante, California. Prior to the band's debut album Frizzle Fry, released in 1990, the band had seen a guitarist and a handful of drummers pass through the lineup until it would eventually settle on the band's most notable lineup through the years, which consists of Les Claypool and lead vocals, bass and double bass, and quite literally a variety of weird instruments like the whammel and stuff like that. <laughs> Larry Lur Lalonde, that's a lot of L's, on, guitar- on guitars and backing vocals, and Tim Herb Alexander on drums and percussion. Primus gained much of their notoriety in the underground scene in the late 80s and early 90s. They may have caught their biggest break having the opportunity to open for their prog rock heroes Rush on their 1992 Roll the Bones tour. To this day, Les Claypool and Rush frontman Getty Lee still remain very good friends. Primus's second studio album and their major label debut, as mentioned earlier, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, was released in May 1991 under Interscope Records and recorded at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley, California. The album reached number two on the Billboard U.S. Heat Seekers Albums chart in 1992. The album received mostly positive reviews. All Music gave the album 4.5 out of 5 stars. Uh, The Chicago Tribune gave it 3.5 out of 4 stars. Q and Record Collector gave it 4 out of 5. The Rolling Stone Album Guy gave it 3.5 out of 5, which is generally favorable on that particular scale. And Mm PunkNews.org gave it a perfect 5 out of 5. Dang. The album spawned three singles. Jerry was a race car driver, Tommy the Cat, and the only one of the three that didn't have a music video, those damn blue-collared tweakers. <laughs> and fun fact, when seeing the band live, uh, if you remember from last week's episode, if you watched, uh, this is going to be very relevant. When seeing the band live, it is customary to chant, Primus sucks. It's been like that <laughs> since like the beginning of their careers, and it's just something fans really? do. And actually, you're kind of seen as weird if you don't do that when you go to the show. <laughs> yeah. 
Interesting. I've been in a Primus crowd. I chanted Primus sucks, and then as soon as the the opening riff to those damn blue collar tweakers started the show, uh, everyone went nuts. So did I. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I've never seen Primus, although for I think it was was it 2020 when they were doing the uh, farewell to Kings. They're, thing, they're doing it now. Was, uh, they're kind of carrying yeah. it on since they had to cancel it. Well, they're definitely not coming anywhere close to where I'm willing to go. Toronto. So, well, I don't have tickets. Oh, that's unfortunate. You should get some tickets then. Yeah, I, I had tickets, and then they straight up canceled the show, so Ticketmaster refunded my money, and I didn't know that they had uh, rescheduled because my tickets weren't postponed. They were canceled, so they didn't bother to reach out. Uh, so, yeah. Yay! Highly unfortunate. Yeah, I would have loved to see them play. Uh, well, I believe they're coming the in May. In uh, as, at the point of recording this, that's yeah. a couple months away, but still. Yeah. Boo! Yay for anyone who's going, but boo, not me. Yeah, I really wanted to, but I don't have the money for that right now. Yeah. Well, it's time to talk about Primus and not so much about the live experience, although it's amazing. Spoiler Ooh. alert. So let's talk about Primus and Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Uh, and just a quick note to anyone who's familiar with this album, there are two songs that we are not ranking today or really discussing. Uh, that is song number eight, Granddad's Little Ditty, and then song number 13, Lost Bastardos. The reason being, uh, Granddad's Little Ditty is more or less a 38-second like vocal interval of like a pitch-down Liz Claypool in the shower. It's not even a song, yeah. so there's no point in ranking it. And Lost Bastardos, uh, I'm probably saying that really stupid. But anyway, uh, we have a history of not ranking reprises, which exactly, it's mm -hmm. a reprise of Here Comes the Bastards. So because of that, we're not doing it, but we are doing Seas of Cheese and Southington Waltz, even though they're, those are short, weird little tracks too. 42 seconds for the first one. Easy Sheesh. enough to get through. <laughs> so let's talk about <laughs> it then, since it's the first track. Seas of Cheese. So from the beginning, it kind of reminds me of you're going to a play and somebody comes up and stands in front of the closed curtains and sort of like the show you're about to watch, blah, 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 and then walks away. Then the curtains open and then the album starts. So it feels like kind of like a, a nice little introduction in a way. Yeah, it sets the mood and also with the uh, the ambience going on too, it sets the ambience of like literally sailing on the waters because like it's only less than a minute, but it sets the theme really well. You get these, like, creaking floor sounds as if the boat's rocking. You can hear the ambience yeah. of, like, sea bells, water, and air, and everything like that. Or what I assume would be water, anyways. Then just Les and his double bass kind of welcome us into the album. It's a kind of a quirky little start, but not much else to say about it because of that. Yeah, I never would have known what the creaking was unless you told me. But I don't know. I kind of wish that there was like another line to it. It would have been all right that way as well. But just having it so short was kind of good. Was, I don't know. Kind of reminded me of just opening a play, which is nice. Yeah. And fun fact, when they, not all the time, but when they've played this live, sometimes they'll extend it and make it a little heavier and add drums and stuff like that. Ooh, so, uh, I like that idea. Not all the time, but they have done it. And I've seen video of it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. I like that. I'm, I'm glad that at least once when I'm like, oh, I wish they would have done this, they have. Primus has done <laughs> most every. They've changed some of their songs while performing them live. So, yeah, I like it. I like that idea. Well, hopefully you like the rest of the album. We'll move on now since that was a short track. Track number yes. two, the real opener of the album. Here come the bastards. Mm -hmm. Oh, you first. Please be my guest. 
Uh, well, I guess I'll just start off by saying the seeds of cheese got really choppy on this one because, like, I love the chopped, accented, uh, marching pace of the track. You got this, like, hard, strumming, percussive bass, and it's just, it's really cool. It's like Les Claypool's staple to do, and you just know when you're listening to him. It sounds great. It's definitely a staple. It, uh, my phone is just not doing well. You know what? I'm going to have to go back to writing this down in a note. <laughs> Jeez oh, Louise, just a day. Anywho, uh, yeah, it definitely sounds like it's marching. So, like, it kind of adds to the, oh, God, they're coming. They're coming for you. And it's, it's I don't know, kind of gave me, like, an uneasy feeling in that way. Um, I, <laughs> I was put at moderate unease hearing, here they come here they come multiple times as if I should be watching my back. And I'm surprised it wasn't ramping up to a scream where it's like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. I'm like, oh God, oh God, please don't hurt me. It's just a whole, it's an anxiety attack the whole time. You just know that they're coming. You don't know when and you don't know how severe it's going to be. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I, despite how repetitive it was when it ended, I thought, what the hell, man? I was digging that. And it's, it's funny because like a song that I've always found really fun, too. I've always enjoyed most of the tracks on this album. I never noticed that this song is in 5-4 time. Like I'm sitting there like nodding my head to it. And I'm just oh. like, wait a minute, there's an extra beat in there, isn't there? And I was counting. Sure enough, 5-4 time. So I thought that was really neat. Um, it's interesting okay. to hear like. The guitar, this is going to be like a blanket statement note, I would believe, but it takes a backseat a lot to the bass in this album and really on most Primus tracks. Yeah. Um, but what the guitar does do for this track and probably album as a whole just adds a lot of, like, a lot of intricate background progression. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not trying to shred super hard and get your attention. It's not like mixed in too loud or anything like that, but it, it definitely fills out the spaces and really just progresses the song really well. So I'm really... I really dig that work. I, when I was younger, I never used to dig uh, Lur too much as a guitarist because I'm just like, he's barely there in the band. But then as I grew older, I, I appreciate what he does. Yeah, I like kind of appreciate his position. Yeah. Right? And um, so also with this track too, uh, there's like a heavy bridge and guitar solo portion that I thought was awesome. Great addition to kind of like, this is like the peak of the song right here type thing because it's been building to this point. Mm -hmm. That was great. And yeah, the hook of Here They Come, as already mentioned, uh, really repetitive, <laughs> but like there's obviously a lot of building being done in this track, especially towards the end. It's catchy, memorable, and yes, it is awesome live. <laughs> the more that you say that, the more upset I'm going to feel. But you know what? It's okay, and I'm glad that you had a good time. But to be fair, the concert you'd be missing, the, like I mean, it's cool to hear them play Rush, but they're literally playing Farewell to Kings in its entirety. So it's not even like, yeah. I don't think they're playing originals. They're literally just playing Rush. Yeah, but I just want to hear Rush, but with just like the bass rattling every bone and piece of cartilage in my body. Fair enough. You can do that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Listen to a slightly younger version of Rush play Farewell to Kings in its entirety. Don't worry, the drummer's still alive <laughs> in this band. Oh. Although Tim Alexander, he's, he's had like three different stints in the band. He's left twice, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He kept doing his own thing. I think at one point he auditioned for the Blue Man Group. I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong, but I remember hearing Dang. something about that a long time ago. But regardless, he's in Primus again right now. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. All right, so song three, Sergeant Baker is my name. 
Okay, so now I don't want to give anything away, and um, unfortunately, this might to to Chris. Um, okay, I heard this song I think t- twice before. It just would not stop repeating in my head, <laughs> just over and over and over and over and over. And it's not a bad thing. I could have far worse songs like earworm just digging its way into my brain and i'm so glad it's this one just the i i i say this every single show i'm not a musician i don't know terms but just whatever that the bass is the, the i don't even know i liked it it was nice my ears like it my brain like it likes it and my rattled organs love it. <sighs> Good to know. Well, we already know Savannah's number one, I guess. <laughs> Three songs into the album. Or do you? Do it's we? like number four. It's like like fourth from the end. Yeah, it's like third last on the list. <laughs> the opening of this track is a lot of fun, too, because first off, it kind of like deceives your expectations a little bit of what you're about to listen to. Because it feels like you're walking into like this dark, smoky pub, and you find this like old bastard of the sea sitting at a table alone in the shadows, and like then the rest of the track just feels like a flashback of what that old bastard did while he was like a DI in the army. And the beginning has some like accordion, so yeah, it definitely adds to the walking into this. It's, it's like a seaside pub thing. for sailors type thing. That's kind of what I'm imagining out of it, especially because yeah. given the theme of the album. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Uh, the bass riff, obviously, is a, a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, that's just yet another blanket statement. Like, it's it's a un- very unique and highly captivating composition for this track. But I mean, like, that happens all over this album. I mean, like, it never feels like it revisits an idea. Like throughout this yeah. entire album, which is something you hear me complain about often. It's like, oh, we've heard this one already, and like now you're just extending it's, it even further. But yeah, this yeah. this album, aside from like you know the reprise, which I don't count that as extending something because that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I I just I really love and appreciate that like this album can give you something new all the time. And Sergeant Baker was like, although it's very early into the album, it gave me that idea that this is what the rest of the album was probably going to be like, like just something different, new, and exciting every time. Yeah. And spoiler alert, that happens. Normally, I bitch about false endings, and sometimes they're just, they don't, I guess, achieve really what I think they're going for. Um, I was very surprised and pleased when I thought the song was going to end and it didn't. I'm like, oh, you're giving me more because this is awesome. Even if it was only for like four bars afterwards, I was like, yeah, give me more. And yeah. Uh, Yeah, when he does like the 10 hut part or something like that and the symbols are just going crazy and then it just kind of like reprises the course one more time. But like there's a lot going on in that part too. Like because... It just it gets a little grander as it goes. It keeps adding a little more as it goes as well too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, even the pre-chorus though, going into the chorus itself, I I also really love because it's just simply Les Claypool saying to make you all just a bit like me. I said mm-hmm. right, left, and then by that point you're in the chorus. It's awesome. Just I don't know. Everything builds really well. <laughs> I commend them so much for not putting the word right in the right ear and left in the left ear. I would have been pissed. <laughs> Which is interesting, too, because so uh, I, I don't know about the one on Spotify, but like the, the vinyl version, like the 2002 re-release, um, 
they Claypool himself like remixed the album a little bit just like to yeah. give it a more modern feel at the time I guess so I'm I'm glad he didn't pull stuff like that I guess he, yeah. he very well could have I mean he went into the studio with yeah. his works and like why not yeah but listening to it I am so appreciative that that is not the case because like not to you know pun it up or anything it just would have been so cheesy and I would have hated it so much yeah so I'm I'm really happy very pleased with this track can we just get a minute though before we move on to the next song to give a moment of thanks to Mr. Tim Alexander on the drums as well not just for this track but for this entire album but this song really kind of made it stand out to me like, because him and Dan Carey of Tool uh, have always been said to be, like, the Neil Peart of their genres. And, like, they, they play in this kind of same proggy type style and everything like that. But you never hear yeah. too many people talk about Tim. So I just want to say, Herb, we love you. But, yeah. like, yeah, because uh, he, he has these really interesting, like, just drum patterns. But then he always has these, like, fills in them. So, like, there's just always something going on. And it's always so fascinating to hear. I, I think... Uh, coming up later in the album, I definitely throw a kudos to the drums as well. So, yeah. well placed. Tim Alexander is... I, I feel like he gets enough recognition within the scene itself, but I just feel yeah. like more people need to know his name. Yeah. Tim Alexander, Google him, people. Do it. Yeah, do it. And correct me if I'm wrong about the Blue Man Group thing, but anyways... <laughs> Song number four, American Life, uh, a very super bouncy riff to open this track. And again, it's just a, like a, such an awesome and unique style of riff. I really like just the constant hammer-ons are fantastic. This song, I mean, you could say this about any song on the album, really, but this is, again, where it stood out to me. This song is like an extra, excellent showcase of their uh, their chemistry as a band and just trusting each other with like melody and flow. Because like Les drives drives the entire thing with like his strumming hammer on pull off like riffs and everything like that. I think that's great. Whereas Lur, when he's not in solo mode, he adds these like soft touches in the background of the song that does like a lot for the atmosphere of the track. I feel because this, mm-hmm. especially lyrically, I guess the song takes on a little more of a serious tone because I, I believe it has to do with immigration. Oh. And um, Herb, obviously, with his stellar drumming and just knowing exactly what's appropriate and what's needed rather than just mm-hmm. exploding in for no reason. He's a very smart drummer in that sense. So, again, a lot of respect for him. And Les's yeah. vocals on this track are great. Like, he's not the greatest singer in the world, obviously. He's got a very weird, quirky voice. <laughs> but something about his lower register suits th- songs like this so well. Yeah. Um, my first uh, first note was, OK, I was wrong with that last track. This one rattles my organs. Yes. <laughs> um, I I love the tempo. I uh, the guitar solo and bends within it. Chef's kiss. I I noticed those. I really like that a lot. Like you were saying, just sort of yeah, add where you can and you pull back where you're not needed. But when you do things like that, you really notice because you're not throwing so much out there that other things are getting buried so i like that a lot um and i felt that if instruments were freestyling over a beat that's what this would sound like like despite like the vocals if it was an instrumental then i feel like everything would be just freestyling over the the bait the bare beat I don't know. That's kind of the feeling I got from it, which was kind of cool because it's not something that I hear in music I listen to day to day. So it really got my attention. Well, Primus is always known for doing something a little different, a little eccentric. Yeah. 
I like that a lot. I do wish it was longer though. And at four and a half minutes, like who the hell am I to say, like, I want it longer. Normally I'm like, that's too long. Get it out of here. But yeah. I won't lie because I actually thought, because one of the things that's like really kind of noting in this whole album and a lot of Primus tracks too, is like just how repetitive everything is. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple things about that, though. First off, it doesn't bother me so much as it usually would because, like, again, there's just really complicated, unique composition going on. Even if it's simple, there's still something very interesting happening with it. But yeah. also because of how repetitive it is, I, I, I thought for sure that it would, like, annoy the hell out of you. I was just like, yeah. please don't tank the album. <laughs> yeah, no, there, like, there are uh, some parts where I'm like, okay, like, you know, we're, we're good. But for the most part, yeah, it was just, it was, I don't know, it, it's kind of like the difference between sort of listening to, like, I don't know, just like 4-4 four, four on the, you know, quarter notes. And you're like, okay, this is kind of boring. Or 4-4 four, four and you're just sort of off the beat a little bit. You're doing, you have such an area to sort of work in that when you explore that entire area it's just so much more intriguing it's like a really detailed painting every time you look at it you see something different i like that yeah and uh, again if you go back and forth between um like headphones to just regular speakers you'll tend to notice even more differences i guess because like generally speakers are more muffled in its sound and like you won't hear everything intricate unless you have like giant expensive speakers but yeah yeah, listening to an album like this or just most albums in general with headphones like you'll always pick out something new i've been listening to this album for a long long time and even still i'm just like oh these like little intricate things in the background are really neat just it fills out the soundscape and blah blah, real nice i always say that but whatever yeah yeah. it's true yeah yeah well if if it's true then i mean like that's that's awesome i i guess my my real last point for this song is um i would love to hear a primus cover of madonna's american life i haven't heard that one it is terrible is it one of her like newer (laughs) tracks it is i think it came out in 2011 oh so it's not like bitch on madonna era which it was like literally three years ago no, it was a um, I'm trying to be woke singing about the government. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. But I would Media love sponge. to hear a I, I'd love to hear a uh, a Primus cover where people think it's this song, but it's that one. And then there's just general outrage. That'd be something. I mean, they already have a full cover <laughs> album. Too bad they didn't do Madonna. It's got like, yeah. Fuck, what does that happen? Like Pink Floyd, Metallica, The Residents. Really? Maybe The Residents. Oh, no, that was in their oh, first dang. album, but whatever. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's either Rhinoplasty or Miscellaneous Debris, either or. But regardless, that's irrelevant because we cool. talk about Sailing Seas of Cheese. Yes. So, song number five Jerry was a race car driver. And I mean, like, to me, the opening riff of this song, or maybe just this whole song in general, is Primus. It's the first thing I think of when someone mentions this band, and I'm pretty sure that goes the same with like everyone else. It was the single that really kind of made them explode onto the scene and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's like such an awesome two-hand tap riff on like a six-string bass. It's it's just, it's so fun to listen to that. It's really yeah. unorthodox and zany. And I mean, like, hey, does anyone else remember this song from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or any of the other three games that this song has appeared in? Of course you wouldn't. No. You're not fun. You never were. 
No. Uh, one, okay, one, rude. <laughs> Two, I thought it was on Guitar Hero. Then I realized it was John the Fisherman that was on Guitar Hero. Yes, that one was. Um, also, this isn't the song I think of when I think of Primus because it wasn't one of the first ones I ever heard. I think of Winona's Big Brown Beaver because that's the very first Primus song I ever heard. Fair enough. Yes, so. that was also another one of those big hits that may or may yeah. not be about Winona Ryder, but okay. <laughs> Not even kidding. <laughs> well, well, you don't know that when you hear it as a kid. No, um, no, you don't. It's just a story about a very rambunctious beaver. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And definitely not a race car driver. Nope. Um, this this song was hard for me to review because I just wanted to listen and enjoy it rather than dissect it. So I think I listened to it about four times in a row, just trying to just focus. Because I'm just listening to it. I'm like, yeah, I just want to listen. But I just... I just want to chill. Yeah. Listen to it. It, it was the yeah. same with me too. Cause it's just, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot going on and everything like that. Yeah. And like, there's these like little subtle noises that happen in the verses behind everything that just kind of add to the atmosphere of the song. Again, really fun to listen mm-hmm. to that. And I mean, like whatever, whatever adds like a lot of like, whatever they are, those noises I meant, like adds like a lot of like unease to an already disorienting nature of the instrumentals. So I thought that was really cool. Very much appreciated. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're great. And just for a minute, I want to say that heavy breakdown in the middle and the end of the song, <laughs> like, holy yeah. shit is fantastic. It's super intense, halftime paced. And like, I, you cannot convince me that part wasn't written specifically for a mosh pit. Like they wrote, it's like, let's get people moving in the crowd. So let's put this portion of the song in here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, I, I fucking love it. And again, I've been in the crowd for that particular heavy breakdown. And yes, people go nuts. Um, I'm really glad that you brought that part up um, because my note, I liked when it got heavier. It was like chaos of the best kind. Like everything is just being strummed aggressively all at once. I loved it. It was awesome. And uh, I I do have a couple, um, excuse me, unbelievable sort of comments. Um, It sounds like there are two bass guitars. There's no way one person is making all of those sounds at one time. Like it is, it is unbelievable to me. Um, I like that the guitar and vocals take turns. Like they don't fight for airtime. It's if the vocals are there, then the guitars are kind of, you know, lull sort of doing their own thing. And then when the, the verse ends or the vocal line ends, then the guitar comes in and starts to shine. And I love that back and forth. It's not like competitive um, my last note, uh, completely all in caps. How is this a three piece? <laughs> I know, right? It is wild to me. It, 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 it yeah. is crazy, but yes, it is Les Claypool doing everything on the bass there. And again, like he's using his six, <laughs> he's using his uh, six string fretless. I'm almost guaranteeing that. Uh, and yeah, just doing t- two, two hand taps. Though. Like you got the high end up here and then he's doing like hammer-ons yeah. on the low end. It's just, oh my god! I've seen people like it's, do it on like YouTube and stuff like that, so it's not impossible. But I can imagine it's fucking tricky, especially for yeah, like people like, who don't play bass. I've seen these videos where it's like five people around one guitar, and they're you know playing this entire song. Okay, now eliminate four of those people and play the same song. Exactly. That's what I hear, and it's. Wild. Oh, is that one of those uh, walk off the earth deals or whatever? Yeah, it is? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. This- Oh, my God. But it's just like, yeah, it's like if four of those people just sort of faded away and then that one person is playing the same song. That's what I hear when I when I listen to this. And it's yeah, it 
my brain melts out eyes. There are some crazy Primus songs that like aren't on this album that just again would probably give you the exact same feeling of like this this can't be real. Yeah, and then you when you watch it, you're like, ah, I still don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and then in person, yeah, I still don't believe it. He's just an extraordinary bass player in an extraordinary band. Yeah, it's wild. All right, so track six now, I guess technically our halfway point because we're not doing all 13 tracks. 11, which they could have just held it up for song seven and called it 7-Eleven, haha, bad joke, but they didn't. It's fine. Number six, <laughs> 11. What do you got? Uh, okay, so now I kind of have, like, I want to set set the scene for what I feel and what I see right. listening to this song. Um, now, I imagine someone on a deserted island playing the hand drums and then there's this dark figure looming over them advancing one step at a time then the drummer sees this figure and they stare at each other for a second until they both join forces and start to create chaos on the island and probably light it on fire so he was in cahoots with the hand drummer the entire time <laughs> yeah because he's like he's playing the hand drums and then it's kind of like this this sort of thing is just advancing and then it kind of stops because the drummer sees him and then the drummer starts again and then he advances and then he stops because the drummer sees him and then the drummer looks at him and then then the thing looks at the drummer and he's like okay and then they start partying and light the whole island on fire and everything's chaos well, that's fun <laughs> yeah that's what i see i love it yeah this is a, a pretty intense track I think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> also, yeah. shout out to the extremely uncommon 11-8 time signature. Uh, I don't, I'm not super huge into uh, music theory, but I do know certain time signatures. And like counting this one was a little weird for me, but I was like, okay, yeah, it's definitely 11-8. So it's it's weird and it feels like there's a beat missing, but that's okay. It still sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's another really bouncy track, probably one of the proggier tracks on the album. I know that's not a word, but it is now. Deal with it. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like the word proggy. Anyway, it kind of it reminds me of proggy. <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these tracks hold like the same structure of like you know verse, chorus, bridge, whatever. Um, but damn if again if each one doesn't go at it differently. I made a specific note of that even though I said it before because it just keeps popping up in my head. It's like how the the structuring can be the same all throughout. But again, there's just it's it's like sparkling brand new every single time. Yeah. It's like the first sip of a, a cold glass of water every single song. Like, that's exactly what it yeah. is. So it's, it's amazing to hear that. And um, I think one of the only real gripes I have, although it's not really a gripe, but it's the best thing I got for it. Um, the stereo mixing was a little weird in this one. Um Obviously intentional, though, because there's no way that they just heard this in the headphones and were just like, okay, let it go. But um, mm -hmm. there were certain points, I think in the second verse or so, where it made it feel like there was no sound directly in the middle of like the left-right-middle soundscape. Mm -hmm. it, I don't know. It actually messed with my brain a little bit because I heard sound over here, sound over here, but then it just feels like emptiness, like right here in the middle. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it, but like I could actually yeah. feel it in my head and I was like, what is happening to me? Yeah. See, I I thought that it was just like something was quieter or it just seemed different, but I don't know. I might have to listen to it again and, and see if that's what I was catching on to because it, it felt, I don't know. 
I don't know how to de- describe it because I do get a lot of vivid imagery that it does not translate to words very yeah. well. Um, like dark figure on the like, beach, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> just wait till we get to a. Just wait till we get to the end. Um, but it's like if every other song in my head was like at an eight, this one felt like it was down at a six with like sound or I don't know intensity. Yeah, I don't know. The, there was definitely a split somewhere in the mix. It, it's it's not yeah. it's not a bad thing, if, especially if they're trying to go for something. But at the same time, I'm just like, it just felt weird. That's all. It, yeah, it's yeah. not the most positive weird I felt so far on this album, but it was definitely weird. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think my my only other note for this is it it just didn't grab me as much as I would like it to. But I'm not turning it off, and I will listen to it again. It's just it didn't uh, it didn't stranglehold me as much as some of the other ones preceding and following. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty then. Well, we'll move on to track number seven. The last track of side A, Is It Luck? And it's probably the most demented bass riff on this entire album so far. I mean, it is just <laughs> absolutely crazy. Uh, the instrumentals just sound like a nervous breakdown. That's pretty much, like everything about it is just so twisted. But I really do like them. But I don't know how else to feel while listening to this track. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't just casually listen to Is It Luck. It's just a little too crazy. Um, I don't really have any notes for this one, though, because, like, it's three and a half minutes. And, it, like, it kind of runs the same throughout all, but it's still, like, fun and energetic to listen to. Uh, the monologue-type yeah. section towards the end, though, always gives me a really decent laugh. Because it's yeah. just presented in such a way where it feels like... It's like a loose cannon comedian standing under a single spotlight on a stage, giving it like a very inaudible mumbling story before the yeah. chorus comes back in and just blows up everything. I don't That's the imagery I get. But like, yeah, it's a very, very strange song, but it's also a lot of fun. OK, um, now, without giving too, too much away, um, I liked it. Um, I so talking about, you know, how it kind of sounds crazy and, you know, whatnot um one of my notes was it sounds like a decay into madness so definitely can relate to that um i like how it sounds like it's during a live show at a festival like interacting with the crowd where you kind of get sort of that um ability to lull the music and you're talking to the crowd you know you're telling the story and stuff like that and then you hit back into the music and then I, I like that. And the fact that it's on a studio recording, it's not a live album. I'm like, this plays so well to just playing it live and catering it to that crowd. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, my my hand hurt listening to it. It's just <laughs> th- just thinking of how he's playing the bass, like gives me carpal tunnel just listening to it. Okay, I, like, I guess I can uh, understand that much, but yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's wild. I really like the tempo, and I might have whiplash from bobbing my head so much. Uh, understandable, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. As I said, he's just got a very unique approach to, like, bass composition, because it's not your everyday bass of just like, oh, you hear the tone in the background, it's nice. Oh, that was a nice little riff or a nice little groove. It's like... No, this yeah. thing is the essentially is the album, like because it's such a percussive style of bass playing too, and just the tone is very in your face. So, I mean, like, and he he knows how to just take like he feels like a guitarist who eventually went to bass, but like got better at bass more or less. So like he's just yeah. able to go crazy with this stuff, and it's really cool. 
Yeah, or like a drummer who plays bass now, but just plays all of the the fills, but on bass. Yeah. Wild. Well, I like it. I like it a lot. Speaking of wild bass, though, let's go on to track number, it's nine, but number eight on our list because we're not doing Granddad's Little Ditty, Tommy the Cat. Holy shit. Uh, the, the, pop, the pop slap and strum combo is obviously amazing. It's one of the best Primus bass riffs ever, like, on any album. Wow. There's There's fantastic riffs on different albums, but, like, Tommy the Cat is so memorable because of how fun and just absolutely, like, fast and just... I keep saying fun, but I want to think of other words, but I'm just drawing blanks now because it's just so exciting. <laughs> I describe the bass as juicy and rolling. So. Hey, there you go. Those are some words. Absolutely use those words. Yep. Now I'm saying yep. fun a hundred times. Very juicy. Um, I loved it. A lot of substance. I must say that uh, Tom Waits was definitely the best choice to use for the voice of Tommy the Cat in this song because, I mean, like, it even sounds like... It sounds like it's being done through a megaphone while he's doing it, but like, mm-hmm. you know, his smoke and whiskey soaked voice really gives the idea of this older time beaten man or cat, I guess, in this instance, yeah. like it, telling this story. So I think it's great character work. The, the fact that they got Tom Waits is really cool, though. I like that. Yeah. Um, just as an aside, um, I've heard the name, but I don't know who that is. That's fine. Tom Waits hasn't done anything like huge and noteworthy. He's just like, if you know him, you know him type thing. Uh, but he's, he's not that guy that did that album with Metallica, is he? No, that was Lou Reed. Oh, okay. That was uh, Lulu by, yeah, with Lou Reed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, Tom Waits. Uh, he he's kind of a quirky guy. Again, very extremely gravelly voice. Like he just, like he went into the studio after smoking three packs of cigarettes. Like he's got a just a really oh, okay. beaten up voice, but he's iconic for it. Oh, okay. But yeah, so like the second verse, when it sounded like you were listening to a guy through like a megaphone or something like that, that was Tom Waits. Yeah. And then the rest was oh, like okay. Claypool. The cleaner voice was Claypool. Interesting. Um. So I got some timestamps on here, but I'll let you say some notes uh, before I go too far. Okay, um, now, uh, don't hate me, please. Uh, don't at me, anybody. Um, the intro guitar sounds like a knockoff Pearl Jam solo. Not that they're a Pearl Jam knockoff, but that they're mimicking a Pearl Jam knockoff. Didn't this album come up before Pearl Jam even started? <laughs> this is 91. Uh, uh, 10 came out in 91. Okay. <laughs> so... But but just just I think it's the tone or the way it's being played. It's it doesn't sound like Pearl Jam. It sounds like someone who's trying to sound like Pearl Jam. It's just that's that's kind of the vibe I got in my head. Um, anyways, maybe I need meds or something. Um, I honestly don't know if I've ever heard the song before, but I definitely know the title. As I'm listening to it, I feel like there's little snippets that I might be familiar with, but I don't actually think I've heard this entire song before. Possibly. Which I feel like may have put me at a detriment here. Like, man. <laughs> um, I know that back in the 90s, this got huge airplay on MTV a lot because uh, the, the, there was a music video for it, and it's a really weird music video, too. They mixed cartoon, and then they put in live action afterwards, and... Les Claypool oh. kind of looking like a bartender cat. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird video. Weird. I'm going to have to look that up because that does not strike a strike a memory. The only one I can think of, and I don't know what song it's for, but they're dressed up like weird, waxy cowboys that to this day will give me nightmares. I That's hate it so much. That's quite literally Winona's Big Brown Beaver. 
God damn it. Okay, <laughs> that's really the only thing. song. <laughs> damn it. I, I hate that video so much. But anyways, <laughs> I like that the snare has this marching, sort of marching band tone to it. I don't know if it's just like more rattly or whatnot, but I really liked it. It was cool. And uh, yeah, that, that was it for me. So you have the floor. Well, well, first off, I'll say if you want more Nightmare Fuel, you can always watch the Mr. Crinkle video where Les Claypool's like literally standing in front of a camera with his stand-up bass, but he's wearing a giant pig costume that looks like it weighs 100 pounds. Oh, that's fine. It, no, it, it's pretty, I, I don't it's like pretty any, scary. <laughs> I, I don't like anything that looks like, like I don't know. Like, uh, have you ever seen the show Thunderbirds with the marionettes? Maybe. Yeah, fucking hate it. I know Fireball looks alive. I, I I hate anything like that. Anything that looks like like I don't know. I, that video and the show Thunderbirds, I fucking hate it. So anyway, I just like how the one single you have heard—that's the video that you're terrified of, <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even know. I think it's the only one. I think it's the only one I've seen. <laughs> All right, so oh, I, as I said, I got some timestamps here. Uh, so let's start off at minute fifty-two. It's like literally a two-second bass fill that trans- transitions between two seconds. Like my name, uh, Tommy the Cat is my name, and I say unto thee. Two-second bass fill, and then the rest of the track. Uh, I mean, it's just plain genius. I thought it's amazing. It's quick. There's not a lot there, but it's also everything at the same time. So. I, I love little mo- quirky moments like that on the album, and this song has a couple of them, because then you skip forward to three minutes and one second, and by the way, this is a four minute and 13 second track. Um, again, more bass praise, because I assume what, what's happening in this tiny little seven second portion was like improvised or something like that to an extent, because mm-hmm. it's like a lot of like random tapping and finger plucking at this point. And how do you just have something this fucking cool in you? Like, how is something so interesting and random and fun just kicking around in your brain for no reason? Yeah, and coming out like fucking lightning out of your fingers. Every finger, even your thumbs. Yeah, slap. It's weird because, like, as a musician, obviously I'm nowhere near on the level of, like, anyone in Primus, but... You can always have these amazing song ideas in your head and you're just like, oh, this is going to sound so good. But then when you go to get it out, you get nothing but like half-assed portions of it out. Like it, it's yeah. nothing like you imagined it. Whereas meanwhile, I, mean, I imagine these guys dream songs and then immediately spit it out onto the studio. Yeah, it's like, it's like I was mentioning to you previously where you're on a cooking show and your idea is awesome. And the judge is like, yeah, totally do it. And then when they eat it, they're like, this tastes like shit because the execution, no good. Your idea spot on execution, terrible. Yeah. But the people who can execute exactly what they have in their head. Oh my God. Genius. Yeah. uh, That's essentially what it comes down to. And like, Again, it's been many points on this album, and everything in this track is just so fun and catchy. So I, I've always loved Tommy the Cat. Uh, it's obviously a fan favorite for a reason. It's just, just so much going on, and even hearing it live is still fantastic. They'd still do a great job of it. They kind of cut down That's on awesome. a couple of parts of it, but at the same time, it's still great. It doesn't matter. That's awesome. All right, so track number nine, uh, again, not track 10, but track nine. It's it's weird reading the two lists because I've skipped two songs. <laughs> Song number nine, Sathington Waltz. Um, just a bit of an interlude on this one. It's only a minute and 40 seconds. Uh, I guess it's just here to serve the purpose to remind you that we're still sailing the seas of cheese. Yeah. Uh, because, like, it's, again, brief instrumental interlude. The instruments are very, the instrumentals are very nauseating. And I feel like this track is like the physical embodiment of seasickness. 
<laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Because it's so dizzy. Like, you can kind of feel like this slow rock left and right. You're a little dizzy. And just that bass that just sounds like it's super drunk. And then just all the noises kind of behind you just emphasizing that you don't feel well, do you? <laughs> I would not be surprised if they took like a bow to the guitar or the bass to kind of have that kind of not really creaking, but I don't, I don't really know how to describe it other than just like ambient string sound. Yeah. I don't know know what went into some of the behind the scenes of this track and like just playing around with certain instruments and sounds and stuff like that. I mean, that's very possible. They could have, cause I mean, Les is, knows his way around a bow since he used his double bass and also yeah. he has he has a fan-made instrument called a whamola and it's like literally a one-string instrument that just has a bending thing at the top and that's how you change the sound of the note but he, oh, he usually wow. uses the bow to tap the string like it's literally on this live dvd that i have from primus the hallucinogenetics <laughs> tour from 2004 when uh yeah. I, it's just called whamola jam whamola and drum jam but yeah that's how i was introduced to that but i'm just saying though my point is he Ooh. knows his way around certain things including a bow so it's very yeah. possible it could be somewhere in this track that i didn't know and i am doubling down on what i think because that seems like a pretty good possibility very possibly Dang. all right so short song out of the way track 10 uh penultimate track those damn blue colored tweakers yeah before the lyrics came in, I was really hoping it would sound like the devil went down to Georgia. They Les Claypool literally covered that song, by the way, just saying. Oh, God damn so his it. solo work, not not Primus, but like his <laughs> solo stuff. I uh I, I was hoping for a really deep register. Like I didn't get it, but like I I really want to listen to that song now because if that's what I wanted, ooh, I'm really glad it exists. Although granted there are actual fiddles, so he's not doing like this giant bass solo where the fiddles are, so just gonna dampening dampen your parade right there that's okay i'll just half-ass splice everything together i'll make it work. but he, he is he is singing in the track though so you get to hear les claypool sing devil went down to georgia that's awesome i love it i just i like the deep the deepness <laughs> but uh i don't know if it's a floor tom accentuating some of the bass hits but yes. either way i i like it i like that a lot it's i i don't know it's it just adds that substance it's it's like for breakfast you're not just eating cereal you're getting you know the whole hash brown pancake egg experience you get it's just so much more full and giving yeah the fact that it's not it's not there the whole time it's only there i guess to accentuate and and it's there temporarily it makes it that much more enjoyable yeah yeah and I mean, the drums kind of do that a few times in the song where they will, yeah. their presence and like what they, what it does, like really yeah, accents things and just like puts more of the song into perspective, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a quite a few notes about this song and it's probably going to go ahead and spoil my placement on the list for it. I don't care because we're <laughs> the penultimate track anyway. So first yep. off, the siren quality of the siren like quality of the guitar in the beginning feels really out of place. Again, very intentional. I used to dislike it being there when I was younger, but over the years it has absolutely grown on me. And now hearing that sound uh, that sound live excites me very much so. So I associate it with good times. Uh, the nice. first verse is so minimal, but you can definitely tell something is building, and like because it's, it's very quiet, just the two note bass and Les quietly singing. Something's coming. 
And the chorus, yes, it absolutely hits. It's catchy, simple, energetic, the perfect concert track. I can attest to that. <laughs> I'm going to just keep bringing it up over and over and over again. I used to have a Primus shirt, but it disappeared, and I don't know where it is. But that's off topic. Um, I love that how, for the most part, the choruses remain instrumental. Uh, because, like, yeah. in other choruses, like, you just have the, hey, uh, like, portions. But that I don't really count that as vocals, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it works really well, though. I like... If you can actually have a chorus that's mainly just instrumental, I think that's awesome because as long as it sounds good, I mean, it's going to work. You don't necessarily need lyrics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the addition of the kick drum to the other verses is great at keeping the feeling of like building while also keeping a decent amount of the energy from the choruses themselves. So I kind of like how it doesn't really let you down too much. It's like we're coming back down because we were going to build back up again. It's going to get fun. Don't mm -hmm. worry. It does that very well. You know it's coming back. So it's it's very rewarding when it happens. Um, the chorus bridge, whatever you want to call this part, the guitar solos, the bass gets distorted and runs the, uh, the chorus riff through. And I think it sounds awesome, especially with the, like the hammer-ons on the bass. Sounds fantastic. All yeah. that will like riding on the ride cymbal bell. I mean, I get hyper during that entire middle portion of the track. I fucking love it so much. Uh, yeah. The bass solo is really cool too, but I'll just say the live solos are usually a lot more fun too because he does a lot more with it. And uh, I, I want to point out the the most infamous version of this song live is their Woodstock 94 performance, which you can find on YouTube, uh, where he goes, a little, he goes crazy with the bass solo and his whammy bar, and then he does the Jimi Hendrix version of the Star Spangled Banner on his bass. <laughs> he gets like a portion of the way through it, kind of screws up and literally says, sorry, I had to do it. And then they get back to the rest of the song. <laughs> but literally, I think that performance of this track is my all time favorite. Like it, it just sounds good. There's a lot more yeah. distorted hammer ons on the bass that I just I think really add a lot more to the chorus. So I think that's great. But as the album version, though, it still sounds yeah. good. It's still a lot of fun. Just reminds me of jumping at concerts. Uh, uh, the ending is so grand and like twice as energetic too, because also I uh, the the bass goes up an octave as well. So I thought that was really cool. A lot more distortion on everything. What is there not to like about this song? Mm -hmm. <sighs> um. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm thinking, like, just you know, like you said, penultimate track. I pretty good idea of what i like on the album thus far despite there being one song left um i'm thinking that i like fast and wacky songs um i think les claypool could play rubber bands on a kleenex box and make a million dollars um this song makes me anxious at the beginning because it felt like my heart needed to keep tempo with <coughs> excuse me i got <coughs> excuse me too into that i'm a that's your anxiety oh, popping out. <laughs> it's it's the words getting caught in my throat. I have so much to say. Um, I don't I don't know if I liked so so much of the vocal reverb because I, I started to notice it a lot more as the song went on. But like, it's not going to you know ruin the score or anything like that. Um, <laughs> one point just says, "I wish I could play drums," and. <laughs> I feel like I could play this and it hurts me to know that it sounds so easy, but definitely is not. And I feel like that's a good sign of a good band when someone can listen to it going, yeah, I could do that. And then you try and do it and you're like, oh my God, it is so more, it's much more involved 
than it sounds. It's much more involved than it sounds like, but it looks so easy. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of how I feel about playing the song on bass. Like I know how to, uh, but the yeah. thing is, like I'm not super good at playing it. Like especially with the hand strumming, like I, I'm not really good with that technique. Uh, yeah. And then there's just like these little fills that he did that uh, that he does that kind of throw me off a little bit. So I can't do it. But again, I'm not that great of a bass player. So I mean, I'm not any measuring stick here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I like the drums in this song, but. Uh, Definitely not uh, as glowing of a review as yours, um, but I definitely didn't hate it. Like, I don't hate any tracks on this album. And to all. be fair, though, uh, Tweakers is, again, it's probably my spot's already spoiled. I don't care. It's It's been my favorite track on this album and one of my top favorite Primus tracks since I've known who Primus was. And that was like in the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So, I mean, it's um, just been two decades of this song is great. <laughs> I, I can I can say that if if you've listened to the show for the past 28 episodes or you getting, you know, to know me as this goes on, my number one will not be a surprise. So, yay. Just looking at my list here, just making sure. I, maybe, yeah. It won't be the same as mine, obviously, yeah. but <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just trying to determine what yours would be. But I'll do that momentarily because we have to talk yes. about the last track, number yes. 11 and or 12 I don't know. But anyways, Fish On by, uh, obviously by Primus. I don't know why I was going to say by Primus. Fish On, <laughs> Fishman's Chronicles Chapter 2. Just a quick note. Yes, Fishman Chronicles does go across four different albums. Uh, Frizzle Fry has John the Fisherman. This is uh, Fish On. I believe Pork Soda has Old Dimeback Sturgeon. And then there's a fourth one I haven't heard because it's too new. Okay. Now, I want to I wanna start off with how I hear this song. Um, again, don't at me. Um, perhaps I need medication. We shall see. That's twice you've said that now. You're going to make it come true. <laughs> I, I am almost positive. Now After just, you hear now, now this. Just, he'll click your red slippers and you'll get a bottle of pills. Yeah, we'll, I'll we'll need see. medication. <laughs> but this, this is how I, this is what I saw when I heard this song. Okay. How I hear this song. They're on a boat. And it's a story of how they are on said boat and fishing. Everything is going swimmingly. See, see what hey, I mean? At least one anyways, pun so far. Anyways, everything is going fine. And then the water is getting a little rough and they catch a shark. They reel the shark onto the boat and it's intense as it would be. They're fighting it and it's a real battle, an hours long battle. And then the shark finally relents. And the end of the song is a come down from the intensity and they paddle to shore and they sell the shark for two bits and a cigarette and walk away into the sunset down a dirt road with their rods and tackle boxes. And no, I was not on drugs when I wrote that. Uh, can you just come clean and show me the uh, screenplay you clearly wrote for this? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I would like to say that is a plot that summary. Is a, I need the screenplay. <laughs> it is a pretty good. Um, it's a pretty good album when it can give such vivid imagery from just music. Hey, you weren't wrong about the shark catching. There is a lyric where they they were they were uh, fishing sharks and stingray out of a particular area. I can't remember where. Really? But oh my god! The, I don't even listen. To but that. it's funny because the intense part. Awesome. Yes, they, uh, actually, um, th there is a. The second verse is literally about catching 
a hundred pound sturgeon on a 20 pound test and it's six feet long and they were battling it for an hour and a half. Those are part of the lyrics, so you're not even wrong. Oh my God. You just mixed, oh you just mixed up I, your sea creatures, that's all. And I definitely didn't do drugs. This is awesome. I'm no, so you were, you were, your subconscious actually put you on to something here. That's awesome. You know what? I Okay, I really, yeah, I scored that properly because <laughs> hell, if that gave me that imagery that accurate imagery, then that song is. Which is weird to hear you say that, considering you usually hate when songs hold your hand through the lyrics and be like, this is A, B, C, D, E points that are happening. But I wasn't even listening to the lyrics. It was just, that's how it felt. And the music coming in a little more intense because. Like, I, I heard some lyrics where it's uh, like, I know he was fishing with his buddy Lair, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then I sometimes I can't really discern his lyrics because of just the tone in his voice. Yeah. But as the song's getting a little more aggressive, I'm like, oh, so I know he's fishing. If it's getting aggressive, I wonder what's happening. And fuck. Good job. Well, in good job. The bridge of the track, the like the the kind of like instrumental jam that picks up pace. Just before that part starts, you literally hear the sound of a fishing reel just like going nuts, like oh something's on the line. And so that whole point is like trying to catch a really intense fish again. I think your mind was like picking up what the song was yeah. telling you. I I the, that if I love it, I love it. That pleases me to the highest degree. Yes, you you got like pretty much all the correct imagery. You just mix up your sea creatures. Oh That's my god! It. I'm not dumb this time. <laughs> this is awesome. You, yeah, and I know you told me off camera you were telling your partner about that. And he's like, "Oh, that's you're, yeah, you're, you're weird." And now you, you can just rub it right back in their face. Oh my! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, this is this is going on YouTube short, and I'm just gonna play it on the TV while I'm not home. Exactly. Just loop it oh. forever. This is fantastic. Oh, all right. Well, well, you know what? I had some other things, but uh, it doesn't even matter. I'm riding on this It's irrelevant. One. I win. <laughs> yeah, damn right. There was a really soothing start to this track, and I mean, like, until it's not. Because, I mean, it's just like this fretless bass that opens up the uh, track, sounds really nice and everything like that. But then the tone gets dark very fast. So, I mean, like... All of this for a song about fishing. That's, a, that's always my thought. It's like, it's so, it's so dark sounding about fishing. Yeah. And it's not even like anyone dies in this song. They literally just battle a fish for an hour and a half. And then at, I think the end of the second verse, when they caught that six foot sturgeon, he said, I was so dang impressed that I write this song called Fish On. So, yeah. um, such ominous instrumentals in this track again, just for a song about fishing. <laughs> Things sound kind of like dissonant and distorted, which I think is pretty interesting. It must have been one hell of a fish. And again, it was because of a 100-pound sturgeon on a 20-pound test. It measured six foot long. So I guess it was indeed one hell of a fish. Um, I love how the quiet, tense moments in the verse, you'll have like these occasional embellishments of like bass and guitar that add a lot of imagery. Because for the most part, the verse is just like the drums and then Les kind of telling his story on top of that. There's not really anything else. So those embellishments are really nice. I like that. But then, yeah, getting back to that quick pace moment there where they're catching the damn fish. Uh, the last couple of minutes are fantastic. The, uh, the pickup and the pacing is super great. Uh, the really screechy guitars behind the drum and bass add a feeling of insanity to an already dark-sounding track. Uh, the whole jam portion towards the end is super fun as well. Uh, I don't, I haven't heard this one live, but I can only imagine that jam probably goes on for a while. Uh, it must be a lot of fun. Uh, the ending of the song made it feel like you're done sailing the seas of cheese, though, because, I mean, like, 
You could, it just sounds like the boat's drifting away as the vocals get quieter, but you can still hear the ambience of the water. So it's like you're just kind of left in the water yourself and you're just watching the boat sail away into like the, the cheddar wheel sunset. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah. they fade away into this cheddar cheese sunset, fades out, movie ends. There you go. Yeah, that that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> like wa- walking sort of over a little hill into the sunset and the, you know, the sort of orange and yellow sort of setting with their rods and their tackle boxes or walk in. And yeah, I love it. Oh, I love it. A lot of imagery from the yeah. song, and it's just over seven and a half minutes, too. Longest track on the album. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even think about it, though, just because it's kind of a fun listen, though. So, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Well, first couple listens, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just, I wasn't following, so it felt a lot longer, and I was like, when is it over? When is it over? But I think maybe after the third listen, and I actually, I just sort of sat there, and I, I followed it. I was like, oh, my God, this like this makes sense it was like that literal light bulb yeah, moment. yeah. like oh there it is there it is and i feel like it's going to be there going forward which is awesome but unfortunately the last track that moves forward we're not going to get to lost best Stardos because again it's a reprise so that brings us to the end of sailing the seas of cheese by yeah. primus we sure hope you enjoyed listening to us go on about this one. A lot of positive things said this week, especially about this album. That's mm-hmm. that's great because I picked it. I'm really good at doing this. But anyways, if you also like listening to this album and just you want to let us know what you think about it, like, subscribe, comment, follow, rate, share, all those fun things. You could do that at all. Again, let us know what you think of the album. Like, what's your favorite track? What's like what's your least favorite track if you have one? Thoughts and Primus as a whole. Just go ahead and let us know. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, you can still do that going forward, especially now, because this is where we rank the songs for da, this show, da, da. part two of three. So, yeah, uh, I guess just without wasting too much more time, boom, above our heads, graphics have changed. There's some names. There's some numbers waiting for some song titles. As per usual, don't worry, we will fill your belly real soon there. And by real soon, I mean like right now. <laughs> right now. No, I'm going to make you all wait five minutes. I'm just going to sit here in silence and write my book here. All right, so I guess we'll uh, get started then. So song number 11, I mean, I guess these first two aren't, like, so uh, surprising. But song number 11, Seeds of Cheese. Uh, Those damned blue-collar tweakers. Oh, you can go right to hell. Yeah, I know. You know what? I'm already there. It's fine. Okay, so... I should remember to write down your titles. That'll definitely help. Yep. <laughs> song number... And, and to be fair, I don't hate any of them. It's just some had to claw above others. That's all. All righty then. Number 10, the Southington Waltz, or just Southington Waltz. Seas of Cheese. By... Wow, damn. You, you like an intro track better than Tweakers. That's really sad to me. Well, it gave me some imagery, and I liked it. It was I nice. guess. Uh, number nine, Is It Locked? Judge me. 11. 11. Number eight, Fish On. Tommy the Cat. Wow. I thought you, I, I honestly, when we first started this, like before we did the today's episode, I thought that one was going to be higher. Yeah. Numbers. I wasn't sure what to expect. So fair enough, I guess, but at least it seems like you enjoyed it overall. Oh, yeah. Number seven, Here Come the Bastards. Sathington Waltz? Sathington Waltz. Sathington Waltz. Sathington. Well, this isn't looking too good. It probably is not. Number six, 11. Fish on. Fish on. There's still there's still opportunity here. Uh, number five, Sergeant Baker. 
which I know is here come the best. Here come the bastards. There's still opportunity here for at least one. Uh, okay, number four, American Life. Okay, good. We got one. I, I knew there American had to be Life. at least one in here somewhere. And it's always the one after. It's like okay, we still have a chance. And then bam. But we although get it. we st- we still technically do have one more we could match on in the next three. Uh, my yeah. number three is Tommy the Cat. Jerry the race car driver. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my number one is not going to be a, a surprise. I don't think. My number two was Jerry was a race car driver. Sergeant Baker. Sergeant Baker. Well then, that means my number one was those damn blue collar tweakers. Mine is is it luck? That's so crazy. I didn't expect you to pick that one as your top. Oh yeah, it's wacky. I love it. It was great. I just kept listening to why. So I've, I surprise, have not heard this entire album or really most of the songs on it. Um, But when I got to Is It Luck, I was like, ooh, this one's my favorite. And I didn't even have to hear the rest of the album. When I did, I was like, yeah, that one's definitely my favorite. (laughs) It just, it spoke to my eardrums. As long as you actually listen to it, because that's part of the show that we have to do, you know. Oh, of course I did. Like I said, that fucking Sergeant Baker has been stuck in my head for three days. Excellent. My work here is done. Or it's almost done because it's time to rate the record. Oh, and I just dropped my lucky rating pencil. That's okay because i got to transition the screen now anyway. So look away while I get my pencil back. Well, here it is again. The rating screen with the just overly stacked B Like season two has been the season of B tier albums. Yeah, I'm just going to silently look away. Good, because we can't see you. Do, 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 we, we can't see you anyways, because we can only do, see the tear screen do, right now. Do, do, do. It's not my fault, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, we'll go back and prove that wrong. Do, 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 but until do, do, then, we have to put Primus somewhere on this list, probably in the B tier, with the luck that we've had so far. Do, do, do. <laughs> so... I, aye, aye, I believe aye. this is the time around where you'll go ahead and tell me your score of this Primus album. Uh, 77.72. 77.72. Well, that's still a decent score for it, I guess. It is. It's what, B plus? Uh, yes. That, uh, yes. I, just, <laughs> I, I had to remember how the hell I do this. B plus plus. Well... With that said, I mean, obviously, I've made it very known that I, I really do like Primus and I like this album, too. I gave this one an 82.72. I A-tiered it. That means this album Don't is actually 79. an A-tier at 80.22%. Oh, oh, my God. I thought it was going to be like 79.9 or Just something. On the br- it, it was, it's on the brim of being a 79. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. 80.22%. That puts it yeah. safely into the A- minus tier, which means vroom, right over next to Nine right Inch there. Nails. Absolutely. I don't have to shrink I anything told, down this week. I told you I like wacky music, and I'm learning that through this show. <laughs> oh, and we, we've definitely got some wacky music coming up down the road. Nothing too soon, but, like, down the road. Oh, oh boy, we got some stuff. Yeah, I am pretty excited for that. Oh, my God. I'm See, you know what? Redemption. Redemption arc. There it is. This is for me. I deserve candy now. Ooh. Until when? <laughs> uh, probably next week. Probably. 
Oh my god, it's not a B-tier album. I guess I'm super excited about that. We A-minus an album for the first time. We, we A-tiered an album for the first time since episode 18, Nine Inch Nails. So, Prime is a Nine Inch Nails. Two very close bands to my heart. Literally two flags stacked behind me. Ah, very, very wonderful day for Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll thank you when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait your turn. Right. All right, that, that was funny. That made me laugh. Okay. <laughs> but if you made it all the way to the end of the episode to see the rankings and the ratings and the whatnot, thank you very much for making it this far with us. You must have liked what we've been doing so far, so make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, rate, follow. I probably already said follow, but doesn't matter. Do all the things. Musical community. Building it. You. Bricks. Slather. Brick. School. Something. M mortar. It's Can you tell her we're, we're at the end of the episode now? <laughs> Yeah, loopy. When words just escape my brain and random ones like replace those words. <laughs> but yeah, do all that. And also remember, if you're listening uh, on the uh, Apple podcast platform, I was going to say Apple Music, maybe it is. I don't know. Regardless, if you're listening over there, make sure you give us that five-star rating, leave some comments because it helps boost us up yes, in the music please. commentary section. And the more people we can get the ears on, the better. And that's how you can really help make a difference in this musical community of ours, the RTR Club. And if you leave if you leave a rating or a comment, you are allowed to at me for my terrible opinions. If you we don't get your terrible opinions all the time. I know, but like you're allowed to at me and fight me over it. Not you. I I, I, was, I, I you. fight you for like an hour every Monday now just about your horrible opinions. <laughs> Although I, I like your opinions on this album, except the fact they put tweakers at number fucking eleven. How dare you? Well, I mean, like I said. It's it has to land somewhere. Not eleven. And it's all the other ones kind of just clawed its way over top. <sighs> Whatever you B plus it. It's in the A minus here. I, I should be happy about this right now. So yes, once again, thank you very much for watching today's episode. Uh, if you miss us yes. that much, don't miss us because that's just weird. But we also have social media that you can follow <laughs> us on at Rate the Record Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We are at Rate yes. the Record over on Twitter. And if you want to send us an email saying hello, uh, voicing your concerns that we don't listen to, requests. Although we have a request form down in the description below, send us an email at Rate the Record at gmail.com. I like how I just gave every reason not to email us. Yeah. We yeah. already have solutions Except that we don't need you to send emails to us. Yeah. And if you do send an email, send us um, the word blanket. Did you just so like look over like a listen. folded sheet or something? You're just like, oh, blanket. Of, of course I did. You think I'm smart? Come on now. There you go. But yeah, do that. So then we know that you listen to the end of this spectacular episode. And if you like just how uh, super intelligent we actually happen to be and you want to financially support us to make our brains even bigger, there is the optional uh, support option for, for Kofi. Kofi.com slash rate the record. Check it out. Be a part of the RTR club officially. Uh, we will have yes. more things coming in the future as incentives to join it, but you can still do it without big things. Mm -hmm. You want to shout out at the beginning and end of the episodes, then by all means, best way to do it oh, yeah. right there. Be an OG. Hell yeah. Exactly. Be be the first one. You'll be forever. Like, we'll put your name in platinum. Oh, hell yeah. The first yeah, one's going to get, get a special reward. <laughs> I'll get grills with your first name on them. And then you'll just constantly have to sit in front and of the I'll, camera. I'll, right. I'll wear them as the episode. And then you bite your tongue and like half a chunk falls off. <laughs> 
But yes, okay, uh, we're at yeah. the end of the episode now. Again, thank you very much for watching this one with us. But before we let you go, we do like to give a little tiny itty bitty sneak preview, an itty bitty spider water spout, whatever, about next week's episode. And as yes. previously mentioned before, we're kind of on a string of viewer requests. We did one last week that was Grapes of Wrath. Next week, we have another listener request. And this band yeah. is a four-piece indie rock band out of New York. And the album that we're looking at has garnered a lot of praise, and it even had David Bowie cameo on it. Ooh, I had to look ooh. that up specifically because I don't know a whole lot about the album, but I am excited to listen to it. Spicy. I'm aware of the band. I'm aware of the album. I just haven't listened to it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this experience. This will be brand new to me, but if you've listened before, most of this is. so ooh. Pretty much just like today's album. Yeah. So I guess that's our cue to exit uh, very not so quietly or elegantly. So we're just going to go now. Thank you very much for listening. And until we see you next week, go listen to some awesome music like Sailing the Seas of Cheese by Primus. Ta-da! The villain mm -hmm. behind me. Take care, yeah, yeah. friends. Bye-bye. <laughs>